time to crack open a glorious cold craft beer. Beautiful, juicy, tropical pineapple. This is showcasing the best of New Zealand hops. I think it's coming through in that slightly coffee sweet caramel flavour. I think that's the actual cacao nibs coming through. It's a far cry from the old 24 pack of stubbies. Kiwis enjoy a beer with more breweries per capita than anywhere else in the world. New Zealand hops are prized by craft beer brewers, an industry which has surged in popularity. Hop production in New Zealand has, has gone crazy really. But... The cost of living crisis is trickling down to beer. It comes as brewers deal with climbing manufacturing and packaging costs, as well as the biggest excise tax increase in decades. The brewing industry is calling for the government to ease up on its excise tax after the failure of two Auckland breweries in recent weeks. Epic Brewing has gone into liquidation, while Brothers Beer has been put into voluntary administration. Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail, after a decade of a brewing boom, has craft beer fallen victim to the cost of living crisis? We look at how the industry has evolved with our changing tastes and consider where to next as drinkers think more carefully about their spending. Michael Donaldson is the editor of Pursuit of Hoppiness, a local magazine dedicated to craft beer. He's been covering the recent news about Epic, which is in liquidation. One of the reasons that Epic is such a big story is because they were really leaders in the craft revolution. When I came into writing about beer in 2010, Epic had been going for about five years, and there were around, you know, I think 60 to 70 breweries in New Zealand, and they were by far and away the flagship for the American style of craft beer, which is sort of, at, at that time, it was kind of aggressively hoppy and bitter the West Coast style IPAs and really hoppy pale ales. Epic made that their thing. And so for a lot of people, it was the craft beer that either got them into it or that they kind of grew up with. So while other breweries have closed in recent years, like New 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 in Dunedin closed last year, I think another one called Juicehead closed in Wellington last year. They're not big names like Epic. So that's why it's resonated so strongly in the in the beer community and, and wider than that, because it was a really well-known brand. But they were trading on really tight margins. It didn't take much of a shift in the money in going down and the, the money out going up. And all of a sudden, they were in a negative space um, financially. And, and they were looking to for an investor to kind of get them over the line, to set up a new brewery and tap room. And that was delays and delays. And then we had this situation now where, okay, inflation's out of control, the market's taken a dip, and their investor got cold feet and said, that's it, I'm out. Possibly, you know, we will continue to see the beer, but just, I don't know, under a different umbrella. There's also Brothers Beer as well, right? Uh, well-known yes. Auckland establishment, which has had to go into uh, voluntary administration. What's happened there? What's caused their demise, or almost demise? So they're, they're an interesting case because the Brothers brand, for, for those outside Auckland, they were sort of super cool in the grungy, hip kind of uh, bar space. And they ended up having about six venues around Auckland, including one that was their brewery in Mount Eden, so a brewery and tap room. And, and so they had outlets for their beer, but obviously they were struggling. You know, they were trying to 
grow from being an Auckland, I guess, tap room chain, for want of a better word, into a national brand. They saw an opportunity maybe to increase their presence in the supermarkets. And so in May, they decided to sell off all their venues to invest in just their brewery and to be, you know, rather than a uh, a taproom brewery to be a, an outright brewery working in the supermarket and liquor store space. And they couldn't sell them. So, uh, boom, they're in trouble. And so I think, you know, from the outside, it looks like uh, from the statements I've seen from the voluntary administrator that they will be looking at restructuring that business with the aim in the end of keeping the, the brand alive, mm. uh, maybe minus all those tap rooms. The future of these two beer brands hangs in the balance, but they're not the only ones struggling. I think you have to preface this by saying there's a global trend that's been happening. Like last year, it was Britain, and there were breweries closing. More than one a week was closing in in the UK, sort of in that post-COVID world. Britain's boozers are under threat. More than 150 pubs have closed their doors for good in England and Wales this year so far, just in these few months. In America, it's definitely been happening. In Australia, this year was Australia was suffering quite badly. There were a number of well-known craft breweries closing there, including sort of an iconic Melbourne brewery called Two Birds. While Two Birds Brewing has won a number of local and international brewing awards, sales have been on the downtrend for several years, said the head of marketing for Lions Fermentum Group. And, you know, as I sat watching this, I was thinking, well, when's it going to hit New Zealand? And it's starting to cut through now. And and it's all the things that we know about in our lives over the last three or four years, which is, it is the COVID-19 pandemic, which really hit hospitality hard. And, you know, most breweries still sell their beer in kegs, which go to punters who buy it over a bar. So that's created a real problem. And then the legacy of that with just unprecedented inflation, that drives up prices for everything to do with beer, from the ingredients to the packaging to the freight to the excise tax. The excise tax on alcohol is going up by almost 7% in line with inflation, the biggest increase in 30 years. And then on top of that, we had the carbon dioxide crisis. The gas is integral to beer production, used in tap rooms to push it through the pipes and in breweries to carbonate it to the desired level of fizziness. The cost of CO2 has risen as much as five times. Where, you know, the Marsden point closed. That was a a source of carbon dioxide for New Zealand. And then we had the Kapuni gas plant, which also made CO2, uh, had the health and safety closure. And so that drove up prices of CO2. Now, admittedly, CO2 prices are relatively small in the scheme of things, but there is just a, a growing price increases that have just gone into this. And at the same time, because of inflation, uh, people are cutting back their spending and craft beer is, for want of a better word, a luxury item. The old line is beer is recession proof. Um, and yes, largely it is. But, you know, if you're standing there in the supermarket aisle and you think I haven't quite got as much money as I used to, do I really need that $25 six pack of craft beer? And you make choices. It was really little. I think, you know, much like anything when it's new, um, everyone's pretty charged and excited. 
That's Ava Nakagawa, the general manager of Pomeroy's, a craft beer pub in Christchurch. She's also the part owner and founder of the Beer Baroness Brewery. She's reminiscing about the days when she started out in the industry back in the early 2010s. I think there was that that period of time that it was so exciting discovering it and discovering new styles and how people could push it and and the boundaries that we'd sort of had in place for beer and kind of thought of beer um, and you know everybody was kind of breaking down and it was such a, it was such a small industry it still is now but back then it was it was pretty tiny. Right. Okay. And but it has grown quite a lot since then, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think there's over about 200 craft. Uh, breweries in New Zealand now and back then I think I could probably count them all on one hand you know like we we had 32 taps and we could kind of pretty much represent most breweries in New Zealand at a time and you know obviously there's no way we could do that now. Yeah but now I mean there's rumours it's on a bit of a downward spiral. Oh I don't know who you're listening to surely (laughs) not. (laughs) Yeah yeah sure um you know I think of course of course, with um, everything that we've faced for the last couple of years and um, the last year in particular for the beer industry has been really challenging, you know, really? like, well, you know, that firstly there was, I mean, actually in no particular order, CO2 shortage happened and how much that increased the price, it doubled, tripled overnight um, and was very, very hard to source. And, you know, Obviously, CO2, you need to carbonate your beer, but then you also, you know, it, it's used throughout the whole process in a brewery. And, you know, from a hospitality perspective, obviously, it's what, how we serve our beer. And, you know, and it, it's one of those ingredients that I don't think we, as a consumer, will always really have a strong value on. There was obviously um, the war against Ukraine and a lot of um, the grain that pushed all the malt prices up. That was another thing that happened. Mm. Um, And then excise, that's been a big one. I mean, excise taxes always happen annually, but these last two have been the biggest percentages, I believe, in a really long time. I think from a Pomeroy's perspective, I would say that the average keg price of a keg has gone up about $100 in the last year. That's sort of how much it's made a difference. I think that um, for so long, the hospitality industry and the brewing industry were making changes within their businesses to actually try and help absorb those costs and things. But, you know, now it has got to this place that it is it's, it is really significant and it's really, really hard to explain to the consumer. And, and But, you know, and the cost has to be passed on. But how did craft beer get so big in the first place? Michael Donaldson takes us back to the boom days. We have had uh, amazing growth, um, and the world. When, when I say the world, like the the countries where craft has really been popular: UK, America, Australia, some Scandinavian countries. You know, the boom has been real, and this is you know, it's about people discovering new flavors, uh, new stories. If you're a person of my age, and I won't give it away, but, you know, <laughs> I, I started drinking when there were only two breweries in New Zealand, um, DB and Lion, and I can remember the revelation of of Max coming onto the scene in 1981-82 and having a new option and living in Christchurch around that time and then Harrington's opened and, you know, you suddenly were aware that there were more options on your plate and that sort of grew steadily until a about, I want to say 2012-ish, 
and and then it escalated quite quickly. Um, and the last 10 years has just seen rapid growth. What's led to that rapid growth? Desire by consumers to to try new things, I, I think. But also, you know, there is a, um, you know, not jump on board the hipster train, so to speak, but craft beer was cool. And people like Garage Project especially made it cool. And people looked at it and go, yeah, that's something I can get into. And the flavours are amazing. And, you, and you've got the artisan boutique story, for want of a better word. And, and we're seeing, you know, you see that in all kinds of food and drink offerings, you know, from, from coffee to specialist uh, butcheries and cuts of meat. And people are just more aware of more options that they they can have. And the whole thing in craft beer is that everyone says, like, once you have one, you can't go back. Like, it's really hard to have a really flavoursome beer and go, oh, my God gosh, like this is something I've never tasted before. How can I possibly go back to, without naming names, you know, <laughs> one of those major one of those major brands that I used to drink all the time? I would agree with you on that one there, Michael. <laughs> yeah. And and so it just gathers momentum and gathers momentum and more people open up and more choice. And craft used to sort of be five percent of the market and 10% of the market. And people used to think, well, that might be about it. You know, then it got to twelve percent and fifteen percent, and oh, maybe that's it. And now it's around twenty percent market share. It's grown a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is off a, a you know an absolutely tiny, tiny base. I think you know whether twenty percent's about where it's going to land. Um, I don't know, but right now that's where there's a, a pause in the market. It's plateaued a little bit, and then when that happens, when there's no more growth. I think, and there's a recession. I don't know if we're officially in a recession, but you've got high inflation and all those other factors, and you're in a plateau. Um, then there are going to be people that guess the what's the word churn? Because bizarrely, through all this, there are still people opening up breweries. So it's it's not like people are scared to get in the game. Um, you just have to have so much right to make it work. Yeah, I think the Brewers Guild of New Zealand described it as a bit of a perfect storm now. So would you classify it as that? I think so. Who's going to ride out that storm of the increasing costs? And I think one of the things with Epic is they tried to pass on those increasing costs and they upped the price of one of their core range six packs, which was their Thunder uh, American Pale Ale. As they told me, they immediately saw a 40% drop in sales so and they probably only would have moved it by a couple of dollars but when someone's standing in that aisle and they're looking at another brewery that makes a similar style beer but it's two or three dollars cheaper you know there's no brand loyalty in in craft that's the one thing about it it's made everyone uh promiscuous is the word in terms of what they try (laughs) and what they're going to reach for on a shelf. And so they go, well, I'm, you know, unless you're absolutely wedded to Epic and you're going to drink them ahead of everybody else all the time, you then become price aware. And, you know, I think, you know, it used to be back in the day when we only had those two breweries and people were in two tribes, you know, you're either DB or Lion. You didn't really have any choice about anything and you drank what you were given and you paid what you were asked and, you couldn't go anywhere else, and now people can go wherever they like, and uh, the choice is so varied. So I think brand loyalty is important, but it's not anything like it used to be. 
Um, and that's critical as well. So the myriad of choices combined with a price sensitivity is, is going to mean not everyone can survive it. All this doom and gloom that we talk about and all these issues, I mean, how can you get over them? I think, um, you know, from a business perspective, it is every day as it comes and looking on how we can lower our costs as a business, how we can minimise waste, all of that sort of stuff, you know, like looking through your business costs. I think looking to see, you know, like we're hoping to open a wee tap room at the back of our brewery soon. So, again, that's going to be a different income stream for us, which will be really supportive. And then, you know, as a consumer, how do we get through it? Um, you know, I think I think now is really important to support the hospitality industry, to support the beer industry, you know, Um it is a really small one, especially the craft beer industry, and people in it work really, really hard, you know. So if you have a have the desire to, then you know, like it maybe don't go to those bigger breweries and, and you know, pick up the the brand from Auckland that you really love or Wellington or whatever and and support them because that I can speak to a lot. I think breweries in New Zealand are working really, really hard at the moment. Um, to stay where they are and have faced so many challenges over the last special year. So, yeah. But if people don't want to pay, you know, 26 bucks for a, or maybe more like 27, 28 bucks for a six pack, um, or they don't really have that in their budget because there's this cost of living crisis. I mean, is that going to be bad for you? Look, only time will tell. I will, I, you know, I hope and have faith that people will um, continue to support good brands and, you know, sometimes um, you don't buy the six-pack because that's not what is in your reach, but maybe you buy the individual can because you want to and that's what you can afford at that moment. I don't think that the craft beer industry is going to be all but over soon you know like I think that is way too doom and gloom I think that there's a lot of supporters out there and there's a lot of people that love craft beer and yeah it's just been a really really full-on couple of you know a few years for all of us and um I think this is the result of it I don't I don't think it's for everybody and I don't think it's forever so what do we see as the future of the craft beer industry now if we're on a bit of a plateau? Well, it's always going to be, I think, still about what they call new product development in the supermarket terms. And non-alcohol was the one of those you know, new products that came along and gave a lift to the people that got in there early. Low carb is kind of in there. You know, I don't know if low carb is still as big a thing now that non-alcohol is coming into it. You know, the people who are in that lifestyle space might move from one to the other. But people are looking for innovation. And for the last three to five years, the innovation really has been hazy, uh, hazy IPA, hazy pale ale. And that's probably plateaued as well. So it's like, is there something else that's going to grab people's imagination, whether it's a style of beer, a format, you know, we're, we're sort of stuck in a paradigm of six packs and single 440 mil cans at the moment. Um, and I think there's a lot more room in that single can uh, market for breweries to capture people's attention. And the the six packs will become, you know, just your more commodity items that you, you're going to go into the supermarket bottle store, you'll pick up a six pack and maybe a a couple of 440 mil interesting, exotic, different beers. And if you can, as a brewery, if you can connect with those consumers with your with your story and engage with them, 
you know, that that consumer might go, I really like what this brewery's doing. I'll go to their website and oh no, look, I can get that can and that can and that can and put your own mixed dozen beers together and get them shipped directly to your door. That direct to consumer thing is a huge space. Like we all online shop, but I think breweries have been sl- not slow, but they COVID made them think about online shopping and now they've got to be able to leverage it and you know, build email lists and build loyalty programs. And and there will be some that are able to do that. Do you imagine there's going to be the growth that we've seen in the last 10 years or so? Do you think we're ever going to get up to a stage where we see that again in the craft beer industry? Oh, I never say never. Absolutely. Like the, the craft beer industry in New Zealand is everyone is close. Everyone is enthusiastic, mostly. Um, and everybody is, everybody's really passionate. I think that there's been some big knocks, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everybody was in a room together for the New Zealand Beer Awards. And there were a lot of smiles and a lot of happiness and a lot to celebrate too, you know. So I think that that sort of passion doesn't get held down for too long and um you know maybe not there there might not be 400 breweries in the next 10 years but you know i would hope that there will be 300 you know is it a sustainable business if you love it then yes if you love it (laughs) what do you mean by that (laughs) well you know like no one's gonna get rich in craft beer but it's a great lifestyle it is fun it is a great industry to be part of you know it's much like hospitality well for us in our hospitality business you you don't get rich doing it but um you meet great people um you have to want to do it you have to love to do it is it a sustainable business i can't speak to big breweries i can only speak to ours and we work really hard to keep it sustainable we are constantly changing and trying and um you know that's why we were doing a tap hopefully doing a tap room in the next couple of months because um to have that income stream will be pretty exciting for us but yeah it, it is sustainable for now That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchen. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Phil Bench. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Michael Donaldson and Ava Nakagawa. Ka kite anō.